another pot of coffee is brewing and as I speak right now we have just under two weeks to go until Christmas so I hope you're all ready. This week is something different again I've got a guest on in the form of the fantastic Griff from the Paul and Griff show and we're going to be talking about a sort of Christmas film all this means is, of course, it's time for another episode of Not Before Coffee. I'm your host, Ray, self-confessed bookworm, film addict, TV show marathoner, hermit, long-term depression sufferer, and very honest caffeine fiend. And it's Christmas week. Well, almost. So we are, I am going to be doing a Christmas film and I have a guest with me. It is Griff from the Paul and Griff Show. Hi. How are we doing? It's great to be back. Yeah, it, it's not been that long, actually. When was it? April we recorded March? Yeah, yeah. Good um, six months ago. Loads, loads have changed. <laughs> lots, I lots know. Of change. So much has changed. Even the format of my, sh- even the format of both our shows has changed since then. The world has changed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's evolved. Hang on. Hang on. The world has changed and gone back again. <laughs> this week, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. No time. Sh- no time machines are needed. <laughs> I know. Where's Marty McFly when you need him? Because <laughs> I think I'd be quite happy going back to 1980. No, no, scrap 1986, 1986, yes, not 1985. Anyway, so <laughs> Griff is here from the Paul and Griff show. So why don't you tell us a little bit or tell everyone a little bit about the show and obviously all the changes that have happened in the last couple of months. Uh, yeah, I'm Griff from the Paul and Griff show. We're on two lifelong buddies who um, chat films. We release um, a news episode every Tuesday and at the moment, in our latest season, we're doing Project 99, which is exploring the movies of what is known as one of the greatest years for original movies. We're ranking them and, um, yeah, having a bit of fun. That comes well, out every it, Thursday. It was one of the last years of original movies, wasn't it? One of the last year of original movies. <laughs> it was like, after that, it's like sequel central. Sequel central and remakes and reboots. But, um, yeah, 99... Is um, a fun year to like go into. Like as we record this, I know we've done Fight Club, we've done Bone Collector. That was interesting. Um, yeah, there's just lots, including a Star Wars movie. <laughs> we haven't done that yet, but there is a Star Wars movie in '99. <laughs> Isn't it the first? Is it the first or the second? It's the Phantom Men. The first. The first the of first the um, one of the the uh, the. First of the re, well, not re, the prequels, I guess. The, it is, yeah, they are the prequels. I haven't seen them. I haven't seen a Star Wars movie since 1983. You've probably saved yourself a whole lot of um, trauma, if I'm honest. I think I've saved myself from a whole lot of fan wars. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars fans are very passionate, very yes, passionate. Exactly. So I think I've saved myself from that, but. don't need to talk about that today we are here to talk about a 2019 netflix original christmas film which really has very little to do with christmas if you think about it christmas plays such a tiny part in this film and it is holiday in the wild 
from, as I said, 2019, which was a Netflix film. And it came out, yeah, November 2019. And it was made in June 2018. So this was one of your suggestions. What made you pick it? Because I know you hadn't seen it before. This is one of those films that's been on my watch list on Netflix for ages and I just never had a reason to kind of watch it. I think I remember watching the trailer and I'm like, oh, I know Rob Lowe. Oh, I know Christine <laughs> Davis. Like, this looks interesting, but for some reason I've never watched it. So the invite came on, perfect excuse, and I've watched it twice in five days. <laughs> <laughs> so you liked it then? I didn't hate it. Um, this is it's it's quite cheery. It's quite cheery. It's not what I expected. But then when I went back before we, we recorded to watch the trailer, I don't know what I was expecting because the trailer pretty much outlines what you get. Yeah, it's it, that's the thing. I think that Netflix is quite good at revealing the entire story. They did that very well with the Holiday, which came out last year. Yeah, and obviously with the Princess Switch, which is now been I think the third film was released they tend what I find quite funny is Netflix says oh here are our Christmas films and they release them in November <laughs> it's like why are you releasing them in November December Thanksgiving. Is... I guess in Thanksgiving yeah, but then gets... Thanksgiving isn't in this film we have no. August we have December and then we have June yeah, so I did miss the first time of watching that they were doing a postcard. I knew they were doing a postcard photo, but I didn't realise that was in August until I watched it a second time. <laughs> when he says, oh, come on, it's August, because the son is just about to go to college, his first year of college, isn't he? Even though she's still measuring his height, which is a tad weird. <laughs> yeah, but then you do grow until you're 21, don't you? I guess they did that because then it when it transfers to the elephants. It's a nice little, it's what she likes to do. Yeah, we probably should give a summary of what the film is about, just for those who haven't actually seen it. <laughs> Which would be probably quite helpful. I've okay, got a synopsis. Yeah, here's the synopsis. After her husband ends their marriage, Kate embarks on a solo second honeymoon in Africa. There, she and Derek, a pilot, rescue a baby elephant. While nursing the elephant back to health, Kate discovers how much she loves her new surroundings. And that's pretty much the summary. And in a way, that kind of summarises the film. It does. I I do like the fact that they... They don't waste no time getting her to Africa. No, they don't. And they actually filmed this in Zambia. It wasn't yeah. a case of, oh, we're we're going to film this in Australia and just pretend it's Africa. They actually filmed it at a, an elephant orphanage in Zambia. Yeah, and I know she was, um, I don't know if you've got your notes, I know she, um, is it Christine Davis? Yeah. Um, she, she was very, very passionate to use untrained elephants because she's a big massive elephant um oh those elephants were so adorable but she, she didn't want she had to uh, fight for netflix to allow her to make this movie with untrained elephants she didn't want the elephants being trained that's the thing i think that there was at the end of the film there's a there's quite a few messages about how um 
elephants, the, the elephant population has decreased a lot and people are still hunting them for their ivory and everything. It was, there wasn't, it wasn't just a, oh, here, happy, joy, joy, twee yeah. Christmas message. Because at the very beginning, you do get that brutal image of an elephant that's been killed for its ivory. They do show a little bit too much, don't they? They do <laughs> show a little really bit. Um, sad. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I get I guess they have filmed a real dead elephant. I, I don't know how you well, I kind they, of I hope they hadn't. But... Have picked that up and um, I do I do like the the line that Rob Lowe said like nobody needs ivory apart from elephants. Yeah, that is true. They don't rhinos also have ivory. Maybe. Probably. I think rhinos also have, don't rhinos isn't there. Oh, just the one. Ivory. It's just the one. Just the one. Yeah. I think, but I'm not. I am not a zoologist or a veterinarian. Oh, that's another thing. That is something that's very, very convenient that isn't mentioned until it's necessary is that Kristen Davis's character, Kate, is actually a vet. Of course she is. Why wouldn't she be? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's the thing. I think the thing that made me laugh the most was she goes to Africa. she, She encounters Derek, who is played by Rob Lowe, and... There's this instant, you think, will they, won't they, are they going to? And there are certain things that are said that lead you to believe that they are going to hook up, which they kind of do, but don't. And then it all of a sudden becomes almost an eco film. With her nursing elephants, working in an elephant orphanage, talking about ivory smuggling and poachers and how she sacrificed her career as a vet, which takes quite a long time to train to be, Mm. so her husband could bring in the money and she could raise their son, who, ironically, is actually played by Rob Lowe's son, John Owen Lowe. Which I believe, unless I'm wrong, they have literally one scene together, and that's literally coming out of the plane. Yeah, I think that's pretty Uh, much it. (laughs) Which is... But... um... Yeah, they I suppose don't that... look very much alike anyway. They don't, no. But um, he seemed to do a good. I think it was his first like major film. He seemed to do an alright job. Yeah, but he's been. I mean, he has been in TV. Hmm. Because I think he's in. I'm trying to remember what he's been in, but he's been in a few TV shows. One of which he starred in with. He starred with his dad. But they really don't look at all alike. In fact. He looks more like Rob Lowe's brother, Chad Lowe. Right. Is that like a so you know something's gone on? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, he, Chad Lowe was married to Hilary Swank, and he's also an actor, or he was an actor. But Rob right. Lowe hasn't aged at all. <laughs> really, he never. Aged. It looks exactly the same as he does in Wayne's World, which I think is the first film I ever saw him in. Was in Wayne's World. Um, he just looks the same. I think this film was his excuse to try and be a bit Indiana Jones with the old, um, the old hat and. Yeah, but which, there was um, no whip. <laughs> there was no whip. No whip, no gun, but there was an aeroplane. Yeah, that's yes. the thing. I mean, it was an interesting film. I think it wasn't a blow your mind. Oh my god, this is amazing film. It was a gentle, sort of gentle film. It was very gentle, and I suppose I suppose start off like. It, her husband just leaves with her. There's no argument. There's no fight. He has his bag. He's a couple of bags packed already. 
and is literally like, now I'm not our happy. Son's at co- now our son's gone to college. I'm bye. <laughs> are, are you happy? And as she says, like, I'm not unhappy. Well, I'm not. There is no one else, which surprisingly, there isn't anyone else. No, <laughs> this film is really good. This film is, yeah, this film is very good at like not being the stereotypical follow the patterns because I half yeah. expected A, there is someone else, or B, he wants her back at some point, but none of those two things happen. He just kind of goes and you only kind of see him for the kind of sun arc and to sign checks, like to fund the elephants. I just found it really weird. Like they've had all these years of marriage and there's just no argument, no fight. It's just like I send for my things. And Yeah, but she does get annoyed, doesn't she? She does get annoyed. She just puts all his back and clothes send, on the... Yeah, he says, I'll send for my things. And she immediately goes and packs up all his designer clothing and his expensive suits and ties and everything else and dumps them with his golf clubs. And I know that golf clubs are super expensive. Super expensive. On the sidewalk outside their apartment building. Yeah, it's just... And that's the only antagonism between them. Hmm. And the, but they seem to be really civil afterwards yeah. in the in the kind of it's really weird it's, it doesn't follow the whole stereotypical like I've got someone else or yeah yeah exactly and in fact she's the one who moves on very very much quicker than he does because when she goes to Africa obviously she's there initially she's a bit like a duck out of water and then she finds her purpose and she proves herself to not be the woman who she proves herself to not be a charlotte yeah yes yes she she finds herself yeah. as she kind of famously famously says um the aspect of the other woman was a bit weird there is a triangle angle in the film oh, but that's that's it i think that she was oh she was horrible it never really evolves. It just uh, you only literally get a snippet at the end where like she's only been funding them, I guess, to be she with him. him. But there's a bit where they snogged and she walked in, and there's never really she has. A, she, I know she has a bit of a snide remark, but yeah, but I she was also she also saw her on her first day at the when she came in the wrong tent. She, yeah, exactly. When she went into the wrong tent, this basically this woman is obviously part of a wealthy family and she's part of the board that funds the elephant orphanage and she keeps on showing up hither and thither but she's not an important character with multiple lines and her biggest line moment is when she says that she's no longer going they're no longer going to fund the orphanage so it's going to have to close he's like it's about the elephants because it's not about the elephants to me yeah. so it shows that she has been funding it just for him yeah <laughs> it's like, oh yeah she that's the thing i mean the cast if you look at it from the perspective of those who actually had an important role to play there isn't much of a cast no i'm not no. saying they weren't good i'm saying there weren't many people in the cast <laughs> it wasn't it's a pleasant i suppose i'll summarize it's a perfect Sunday afternoon movie. Yeah, it, it, it's not a blockbuster. It, as you, I think Christmas. I think we we spoke offline. Um, I think after seeing it, like it's the feeling of Christmas more than it's Christmas. Yeah, 
definitely. It's the, um, did you know it's the big massive mistake in the film? No, I must have so, missed it. So now, obviously, I mentioned the wedding date that they did at an, Eng- an American pub in England, um, yeah. which was massive issue. This one, right? They do a big New Year's Eve, and it's playing. Oh, it says twenty. It says tw- no. It says twenty twenty everywhere. It says yeah. twenty twenty, and then all the checks being signed. Five minutes later, I dated 2019. <laughs> I didn't notice that. But then in, in my defence, I couldn't see that much on the screen. So, I so also li- found it really random that as the ball dropped in New York, she was eating salad. <laughs> so isn't that a little bit late to be eating dinner? I just want to know what funded her trip. She must be loaded. She must be literally loaded. Look at the apartment she's living in in New York. Yeah, I guess he's still funding her. husband that. wrote a cheque for $108,000 without blinking. Yeah, true. And true. all her friends were writing cheques for over $100,000 without even hesitating. Who can do that apart from somebody who's got money? I'm surprised the film wasn't on Apple TV because she had an Apple phone. He had an Apple laptop. She Did had an she? iPad. She had an iPad. And she I'm like. She also had a Mac when she was typing her email to tell Luke that she wasn't coming back. What's product placements everywhere for oh, Apple? Yeah. <laughs> How is this not an Apple TV? Yeah, but none of them were bad guys. So, of course, no, they do have Apple. Yeah, they do have rules. They do have rules, old Apple. Which is um, weird because. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> That's a whole knife sale. I say though. this as I'm talking to you on a Mac. <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is a HP. <laughs> this, is, this is not a, a Mac. Um, I think the message of the film is really good. I think we've all got into it, expecting it very Christmassy. Well, it's and Christmas, it was advertised as a Christmas film. That and the original title marketed. was Christmas in the Wild. The original title was supposed to be Christmas in the Wild. Yeah. And, and, it, the Chris, and Christmas is barely five minutes of the film. Yeah. I suppose they can argue you've got the postcard at the beginning of the movie, and then later on they do Christmas. She buys the whole coffee machine, um, which I don't and know she, if that was for a hook. She has to pump that into water. No. Put water in it. Oh, you do just put water in those yeah. the, the, the proper like coffee shop like kind of things. I didn't know if you had to. No. Had to... No, it just you just pour water into it like you would any other coffee maker. Right. I think the thing that got me the most was the t- we know that quite a lot of time elapsed between her returning to Africa and her leaving Africa. However barely any time passed between her celebrating Christmas in Africa with her son and sitting on her own on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Bearing in mind there's only seven days between those two events. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, if you look into that, there's loopholes everywhere. I, I think it's, it should have been pitched as it's a geographical movie. It's about elephants. Yeah. And as for the the message, as you say, at the end of the movie, that shows how many elephants have been like sixty two percent or something, a sixty two percent decline. Yeah, it's like horrific, horrific stats. Um, and I suppose there, that's the real story. With the love angle takes second place, 
and the whole like the son not wanting to be he wants to be a musician kind of taking kind of third place oh, that, kind of i i think that that storyline may as well have been nowhere i mean it, the thing that made me laugh with him was he was sitting on the at the christmas party he's standing there with a keyboard that they've miraculously located <laughs> and he's pretend playing it and you could tell he was pretend playing it painfully like mm-hmm. yeah it was painfully obvious but the, that's the thing. I mean, the story was, I think that the main story was the elephants. The second story for me was her finding herself. Because uh, yeah. it was more about self-discovery than it was about second chance at love. Because that plays such a tiny part. Mm. I mean, they skim over the entire romance. It's almost like it's a slow burn underneath every other storyline. And then she comes back to to Africa, and all of a sudden we skipped forward, and she's married to him. Yeah, I do skip. Yeah. Um. So as you say, it's the feeling of Christmas. You do end up being really just happy and just yeah. like, and you kind of forget that. I suppose not every Christmas film has to end at Christmas. No, but it would be suppose- nice if, each, if if a Christmas film actually had more of a Christmas focus. Because yeah, it this was... one is literally the Christmas thing is her son arrives, their families are all there, and we see people putting up a Christmas tree, but that's pretty much it. And some nasty mistletoe that he's pretending to like, that's, that's African mistletoe, <laughs> trying to get a kiss out of her. Yeah, and I don't think it's even really mistletoe, but <laughs> there are certain things you watch and you think, oh, you can tell this is Christmas. I actually started my Christmas watching again and i've already watched the santa claus and arthur christmas i'm saving die hard even though it has now arrived on disney plus i'm saving that till next week because i have to and i can't watch the holiday until christmas eve when i'm at my mum's because that is a tradition that's a tradition for years our tradition is the holiday when we get home from my sisters. It doesn't matter if we get home from my sisters at midnight or if we get home at half past ten, we watch the holiday. <laughs> I haven't seen any of the big hitters yet. But yeah. Just yeah. say home alone, die hard, will be done. Oh, the holiday and love holiday and love actually at some point will be done. I don't watch Love Actually because there are certain elements of that film that really irritate me within an inch of their lives. I just there are certain elements of the story that annoy me. There is, yeah. Especially the Kira Knightley moment. <laughs> Hasn't what aged very well. What kind of friend is that? I'm sorry. <laughs> what kind of friend is that? That's not I a think, friend. I, I think you're supposed to forget the fact that he's trying to pull his mate's um, wife. And, and, and he was their photographer or like, as well. Like, I don't know. And he did all these massive gestures. He was their, I think he was their videographer, but he did all these massive gestures and then try and then, oh, no, that. I would know what would happen if he answered the door. What are those cards you got? Nothing. <laughs> what if he answered the door? Punch, destroyed friendship. No, I watched, I did watch, and if you haven't seen it yet, don't. Home Sweet Home Alone. I saw that. I did see it. I wanted that, that child. With Home Alone, you feel sympathy. 
you kind of feel really sorry for for Kevin and all the things he has to go through. Sarah yeah, felt sorry for the bad. Well, they're not even bad guys. Yeah, it's a big misunderstanding. So, yeah, it's a big here. misunderstanding. And they're about to lose their home, and this kid's a little <clears throat> could have killed them, like yeah. pool balls, like snooker balls, and, like it, it... setting them on fire. Literally, like, the problem with them doing Home Alone, I always knew you're only going to look forward to the last 15 minutes where all the booby traps... Yeah, like, but they, the I thing is, to... they weren't even good booby traps. They were no. booby traps specifically set out to cause physical damage. They He was a horrible child. I was kind of rooting for the so-called bad guys to get him and throw him in a well. And the whole buzz been in it. He's only in it for like three scenes. They could have used yeah. him as the bad guy so easily. They should have done. That'd have been a lot, lot better. But and then I think the- after nearly killing them, they're all celebrating Christmas together. A year later. <laughs> you know, but like, sorry, you're going to pay for my dentist bill and my house <laughs> and my health insurance because I think I've got concussion. And my car's like, oh, and, and the crash car, the ice. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, he wasn't the—he was not a child that you could sympathise with. At no, all, on no. any level. So I, I think that as much as I love Christmas films, I do think that in the last few years they've really lost their touch. I think they're trying too hard to make something original. For the last proper Christmas film I enjoyed. Was it called Claws, the animated one on Netflix? Yeah. That was really good. See, that I think the last one I enjoyed that I think was original was probably After Christmas. Because there was something cute about it. And it's, in a way, it's timeless. Because it's it doesn't like... matter who's doing the voices or anything else. The story yeah. is still never-ending cute but that said my favorite christmas film of all time is die hard and it didn't even come out at christmas it is a christmas movie it is a christmas Christmas movie movie, but it came out in july Uh, (laughs) but it's based at christmas it's got a father christmas in it even if he is dead uh (laughs) it's got christmas music Yes, a lots of Christmas and a Christmas party and presents. And he's trying to get home to his kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why are we trying to justify it when we're both convinced it's a Christmas film? Just in case people are listening and trying to talk themselves out of it. it, it it's, it's a Christmas it's... film. Ignore the fact that it came out in July. It's a Christmas film. And so's the sequel. And he even uses Christmas wrapping paper to hide the gun behind his back. I know. <laughs> There's all the arguments. The arguments are all there. They are all there and they're all incredibly convincing. But ultimately, we aren't there to talk. We aren't here to talk about our idea of what is the Christmas film. Was this a good film? Was Holiday in the Wild a good film? You've watched it twice in a week. I think a good film is fair to say. It was a good film. That was an amazing film. It didn't, it, it surprised me, as I said. It pleasantly surprised me that the husband hasn't left her for someone else. And I was waiting for the whole, she's going to fall for Rob Lowe. 
and have and a he's, he's going to turn up and say, I've made a massive mistake, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, so pat on the back. I'm really glad that didn't happen. It, it was just nice to watch. Like, would I, would I watch it every Christmas? Probably not. That's the thing. I don't think it is one of those films that you'd put into your Christmas rota. It isn't like Love Actually, even though, yeah. And it's not The Holiday or Claus or The Santa Claus or Santa Santa Chris, Santa Claus the movie or Miracle on 34th Street. It is not a film that is specifically focused on the season. And I'd probably recommend it. If I ever heard people like, oh, I really love Elephants, it was so cute, I'd be like, oh, you really need to watch this film. Like, Ignore the fact that Netflix makes it out to be Christmassy. If you love elephants and you're looking for a lucky film around it, this is your film. Uh, I think that Netflix did it a disservice in a way. Yeah. By releasing it in November and publicising it as a Christmas film. Because there are plenty of films that have Christmas in them as a small plot point. Yeah. That aren't Christmas. Yeah. There are loads of films that aren't. I mean, even the, I think the Princess Switch films that come out as a Christmas film, they aren't Christmas films. No. The only, I think the only Vanessa Hudgens Disney film that really is a Christmas film is A Night at Christmas. Yeah. So they're kind of lumping everything in. It's like, oh, right, we're going to release a load of Christmas content. And it's not really Christmas content. It's just content they're releasing at Christmas. I thought they'd maybe they had a plot and they're like, you know what? It needs something else. Can we add some Christmas theme to it? I think they had a story. I want to do a story where, like, Husband leaves me, go on a honeymoon, I come across these elephants, I really want to nurse them back and all that. And maybe someone down the line went, it's not enough. We need to add something to make it a little bit unique. And maybe that's where... I added in the Christmas card at the beginning and the New Year stuff and everything else. It was almost like the New Year thing was pushed in there to highlight how lonely she was. And yet it... It ruins the fact, as you say, the illusion that seven days have passed. Yeah. So if anything, even though they've done that, so alone it is, it's exposed the tiny distance from like, yeah, it's. I think people who work full time notice the dis- the distance between Christmas and New Year because it's the only stretch of time they normally have off in a row. <laughs> and they made it out, made it out that like dog owners are like. Prima donnas, <laughs> dog owners alike. Oh, oh yeah, the diamond. She gets back to when she gets back to New York. Just to clarify, when she gets back to New York, she decides to because she's worked as a vet in the at the orphanage for the last three or four months. She decides that she's going to get a job as a vet in a in a veterinary practice. So she goes to a practice and is they're immediately impressed by the fact that she has been looking after elephants and cheetahs and whatever for all this time and i want to didn't she say in a baboon she looked after as well yeah they're really impressed with all of that and she ends up working at this basically as a glorified nail clipper 
Yeah, a pedicure, like for dogs. Yeah, like, yeah, doing pedicures and everything for dogs. And one of the dogs comes in and they've got something in their paw. And she says, oh, it's a diamond. And it's then, like, seriously? Yeah, how do you miss it? And then someone's like, oh, we got such and such brought their, her dog in, like, and that's like the third time this week. And yeah. just wanna... I want, she wants her nails clipped and she needs a new prescription for antidepressants. And that's when she's like, you know what, like... I don't want to look after dogs or look after elephants. Yeah, it's not. I, I don't think it's so much she doesn't want to look after dogs. I think it's so much. It's more a case of she doesn't want to look after dogs, the pets of privileged people who are just doing this because they've got nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, look at how she when they send all that money to the to Africa. Basically, after the spoilt, entitled girl cuts funding to their orphanage Jonathan who is another of the elephant keepers contacts Kate and he tells her that they haven't got enough money the funding has been cut and she sends a load of checks for hundreds of thousands of dollars and in the envelope it says from the ladies who lunch yeah because that's what she'd become. And in a way, it's kind of like she'd gone from... She was Charlotte in Sex and the City. Yeah. And I wrote, she was Charlotte in Sex and the City, but that's the role that she played in her marriage, was the lady who lunched. She didn't have a career. She didn't have any goals. She was a kept woman. Her husband financially funded everything. And she did nothing all day. No. And, yeah, I'm guessing she was just a mum all those years and just, yeah, she she found herself in Africa and then came back and shotgun wedding. I guess it's a quick wedding. I don't know how much time had passed. Yeah, a shotgun uh, wedding is normally because you're pregnant. Oh, I don't think she was pregnant with another one. <laughs> Unless there's a sequel coming out. Um, I've left it a few too many years for that. Probably. Um, it's a pleasant film. It, it, it's a pleasant, nice film. Um, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I hadn't watched it since it came out because I watched it when it came out. And I think it was probably the last Christmas film from Netflix. Christmas, and I'm using that, that term very lightly, from Netflix that I actually watched. Mm-hmm. Because I have been over the... Actually, I've been more disappointed in Netflix output in the last couple of years than I ever was before. I think because they're so... I think what they do is they throw... They release 50 shows, 50 shows a week, hundreds a month, hoping you're going to find one that you like. But then the problem is you've got to go through 49 you don't like before you find the hidden gem. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, they, they keep on marking things as hidden gems. And I look at it and it's like, how's that a hidden gem? It was a, a box office blockbuster. And I think what's lost its spark is a Netflix original-like branding. I think the Netflix original branding has really lost its value 
Yeah, that's the thing. Of, I mean, of, the last, I think the last Netflix original that came out that I watched was Red Notice. Haven't seen that yet. It looks like Hobson Shaw, but just they've they've taken Jason Statham's character and put Ryan Reynolds in, and yeah, it looks like what you get on the tin. I wouldn't be if I watched it. I'd probably be like, yeah, you know what? That's that hasn't surprised me. Hasn't shocked me. It's the first one that I've watched in a while that I didn't go. Well, that was a waste of time because so many of the films that they make are. Let's be honest here, crap. Yeah. And they put they justified the increase in subscription fees twice in less than a year to produce more original content. And I am struggling every month now to justify paying it. Yeah, I think uh, I mainly watch it because you got Cobra. I'm using. I'm finding I'm losing it less. I use Disney Plus more than I use anything else. Have to I use honest. Disney Plus, and I find myself using Apple TV because I've got a free 12 month. But that seems to be they don't do enough. But then Disney Plus at first didn't do enough new content, and now Disney Plus you can't get. It's just you can't meet churn, it. It's just it's just churning it out. It's it's just literally, and I think they're very clever doing the whole weekly releases. They're painful, but yes. They are painful, but it leaves you speculation. It also means if you've got a busy lifestyle, you've got to make sure you catch up with that one episode, otherwise there's spoilers plenty. Whereas release a whole season, you might be on episode two and you've seen something from episode 10, like <laughs> on the internet, because someone's literally like blitzed it all. I, I, it is painful and I've always wanted... It all in one go, but you can't beat the suspense. And I love for, definitely for the Marvel shows. I know we've really like gone away from Christmas, yes. but like for well, the Marvel no, shows, the latest Marvel show is based at Christmas. It's the I first lo- one. I love the fact that it gives the internet so much. Like, oh my god! Like, One Division was the best one for it. Like, oh my god. Does that mean that's Fantastic Four? Does that what could this mean? What could this mean? Because the whole week of speculation, then you get let down. Like, oh, Fantastic Four aren't coming. When you say <laughs> that. I watched the entirety of One Division in one day, and I didn't see a single spoiler in the ten good. weeks. That's good. And it was purely because I did the um, I whitelist, I blacklisted the word. Oh, because so you didn't even see spoiler, like. No. Skip skip ten seconds if you're listening. <laughs> ten seconds. You didn't see the wrong um, Quicksilver, even in like. No, I didn't see anything. I saw no spoilers. I am very very good at seeing no spoilers because obviously when I think going back to the to the late nineties when we had Buffy. Yeah. We got Buffy ages after America did. I mean, ages, months. In fact, I think we started. They started season two. They were halfway through season two when we got season one. And I saw no spoilers. And I was on the internet all the time. I saw no spoilers. And there were forums all over the place for spoilers at that point. Because obviously social media as it is now did not exist. No, it didn't. But then you'd have to look for the spoilers. 
Well, no, because I had friends that on forums and things, and MySpace. <laughs> no, it was it was mostly um, mostly fan forums. But I managed to avoid spoilers. I haven't seen any spoilers for Hawkeye, but then I've also watched it already. So, but I haven't seen any spoilers for it, and I haven't seen any spoil. I didn't see any spoilers for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I didn't see any spoilers for Loki. I didn't see any spoilers for WandaVision. It's all about managing when yeah. you look. Yeah. And I'm practiced at it. But I do think that I, if you're a spoiler person and you like spoiling things for people, you're horrible. Yeah. Because not everybody likes spoilers. I have a friend who I went and saw Endgame and I saw it long before she was going to. She was going to see it on the Saturday and I saw the midnight showing before it was released in the US. And she asked me to spoil it for her. And I refused, even though she'd asked me to spoil it. You wouldn't have the, you'd need to, to see it on the big screen, not knowing what's going to happen. There's no better feeling. No, I agree. And being told it and knowing what to expect ruins everything. See, I think, I think I've, I had a tiny spoiler that Thanos gets his head chopped off. And I'm glad that even though I saw that as a spoiler, that happens in the first 20, 20, 15, 20 minutes. So at least I was kind of like, oh, okay, it's not the end. Because I, I, I saw, I thought, oh, that's how Thanos dies. And like, so I'm glad that even though it was a massive spoiler, it wasn't as big a spoiler as I thought it was. I was among the first people to see it over here because I went, I actually went to the midnight opening. So I didn't get there was nobody to spoil it because i saw it with the people that would probably spoil it yeah and that's part of the reason why i like going to midnight showings but that's the thing i think that netflix doesn't need its films spoiled because they do it themselves yeah the trailer does their (laughs) their trailers do it all the time It, it does literally outline like what the film is from like the yeah. fact that he's left her, she's gone to Africa to her, like yeah, it, that's the film the you're getting. She even says, "Oh, I'm going, I'm going on our second honeymoon." Yeah. You get the opening bit where he says, "Oh, now our son's at college, I'm leaving you," and you get the whole. You see the elephant. You see the flight. You see Derek and Kate getting their chemistry. You know that she's going to end up there. Yeah, I, I think if they tried to be, like, even though I gave it prompts, if they tried to be really clever and not have their men together, then the film goes like, oh, no, that's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, but then the thing was they weren't, they were marketing it as a romance and the romance was so far down the ladder of importance. Yeah. Do you think they had good chemistry? I think they had a bit awkward chemistry, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, th- I am, I can't help thinking it was a bit awkward because his son was on set. Yeah. I mean, that is a bit odd. Your love interest son is being played by your son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was all a little bit... borderline wooden, like the chemistry, and... I want to say it's unbelievable. Like he, I think he did a better job of being like besotted by her. 
He had. I think he had the sadder storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's obviously doing the airplane thing to fund, and yeah, he's just a generally nice guy. And I think he, he, they could have got him for him being a bit too like cowboyish. He was really a soft, gentle, gentle guy, really, yeah, for heart of gold. I mean, he'd, he'd gone there because his wife had died. Yeah. Which was sad in itself. And he does it's the not... plane rides to, um, I think, fund and for a bit of food, uh, extra money. Yeah, and also, obviously, he's also an artist. Of course he is. Because he can't be... Nothing else. Oh, I did what I. One of the things I noted when I was watching this was she hadn't had all her plastic surgery before she filmed this. Nah. That explains a little bit. <laughs> yeah. She's got quite a smile, hasn't she? Yeah, she's she looks very natural in this one in this film. Yeah. I think that's probably on purpose as well. It is yeah, very natural to relate to her in a way. I mean, you can't relate to a um, a Manhattan socialite. As I don't know where she got the clothes. I don't know where she got the clothes from. She went for for a hun- she packed for a honeymoon, and well, no, she hadn't packed from for a honeymoon because she she knew she was going on her own as soon as she packed her suitcase. I find it a bit weird that she didn't explain. She should have explained like, by the way, like I'm here on my own, but yet. She still goes to dinner and gets the whole honeymoon experience of like a big massive well, lobster. No, because she, because lobster. Because they didn't she didn't cancel his ticket or anything. I think she was going next day they were going next day, weren't yeah. they? Probably too short notice. And they'd have probably lost as much money if they'd cancelled it all. Yeah. So overall, I mean it was a it was an it was a good film, but it's not a great film. It was it wasn't predictable as many of them are. As you said, there are certain things that could have been incredibly oh my god. <laughs> Why? We knew that this was gonna happen. So that was a nice change. Yeah. A lot, yeah. Because so many films follow the whole pattern of guy leaves woman. For some reason, girl finds another guy. Old guy wants girl back, and then the awkwardness. So yeah. that was really nice. It just felt like there was just no drama for it. I'm leaving you. Like even though she was angry, okay. And then the next two times, they're just really civil to each other and like, yeah, I'll give you a big fat check. Like, okay. And obviously, just- and she was left with the apartment because she said, "Oh, when I sold my apartment." There yeah. was no, I sold our apartment and I gave him half the money. It was I sold our I sold my apartment. So maybe she did have money. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, we don't know much about her past. And that's the thing. I mean, we get no backstory or very little backstory on any of them. Yeah, we don't have enough of him to not like him, the husband the ex husband. Yeah. Um which I think is an issue. I think we needed a bit more. I know he danced on his phone while they had the photos. I think we need an extra five minutes to be like, we don't, but I suppose because he's not a threat, he doesn't come back to be a threat. We don't need to like him or yeah. dislike him. We just don't have an opinion about him. Just you're a bit shitty just for the first day. Your son's, don't be funny. Your son's just going to college. 
how are you supposed to concentrate the first day you're there? Like, we're, we're, we've separated. Yeah, but did that, how much did they tell him? That's the thing. I mean, we know that when they finally communicate, well, when Kate finally communicates with Luke, that he knows that they're separated. But at the same time, there's no indication of time. No. <laughs> No. That's something that I find really frustrating in, in fact, I mention it, every single rom-com you watch, time seems to have no meaning. No, no. But it does have a meaning. Especially Is it one for... week? Is it one month? Is it a year? Is it an hour? No, no, you're right. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's a... Don't like go out of your way not to watch it. Just I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it. <laughs> so that answers... If you love elephants, this is the film for you. <laughs> That's very enthusiastic. That's the thing. I mean, that answers my questions because I always ask the same questions. Did you enjoy it? I, I did enjoy. I couldn't say I didn't enjoy it. It, it surprised it me. Two times in a week. It, it didn't over. I didn't. I didn't like. It didn't change my life. <laughs> I didn't like, right, I'm going to go to Africa and start raising elephants. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. There, there's better cheesy rom-coms out there, don't get me wrong. And there's probably cheesy Christmas rom-coms out there. This was just a, a nice. A, a, a I don't night. think it was a comedy. No, it wasn't. Yeah, no. Uh, it wasn't. Yeah, I suppose That's it was a I mean, dra- Christmas a... drama. A drama? Is it a drama? I mean, I think the only thing that would make it into the drama were the very beginning with the husband leaving and the tuskless elephant. Yeah, that's a bit of a... That is that is a bit of a downer. And then the end of it, when it's giving you the facts about elephant population yeah, and the plight of elephants in Africa. Those are the two drama bits. But there are no massive laugh-out-loud moments either. No, no, you're right. It's just, it's a geographic movie. Don't go into it expecting a Christmas movie because it, it's And don't not. go into it expecting romantic comedy either. No, you're right. I didn't laugh at all. It's just, it was just pleasant. Let's use the word pleasant. Yeah, there you go. Just so, a pleasant film. <laughs> so that leads you into the other question, which is, would you watch it again? I don't know. I've only watched it twice in the last five days. I'll probably give it a little bit before watching it again. <laughs> I think I think the problem is because it's on Netflix. I'm never going to be flipping channels and come across it. So uh, probably not. But who knows? Would you watch a sequel? I think so. Unless she went out and looked after giraffes instead of elephants. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think I'd watch a sequel. Um, just to see where they are now. Or maybe she goes to the Florida Everglades and looks after crocodiles and alligators. Yeah, or goes out and looks after sharks and, yeah. Isn't that a horror movie? Probably, probably. There's a market for that. Um, yeah, probably. I, I would not watch it again, but because it's on Netflix, no. I think if I was flipping channels, couldn't have anything to watch, oh, you know what? This is on. I'll put it on. Because it's Netflix, I have to... Got so much range and choice, they'd probably ask better stuff I can put on. Yeah, like the holiday. 
but I didn't hate it. <laughs> it just is. It just didn't blow my mind. But it was worth watching for the first. It was worth watching. Second. It, it was worth. It was worth watching. And you know what? Watching it the second time, it didn't drag. It wasn't painful watching it the second time. I think if I didn't really enjoy it, I dread watching it the second time. It was just nice to put on. It's you know what? It's perfect to put on if you're doing a crossword or an You don't have to really concentrate. It's perfect for that. Yeah, there you go. So it's the perfect accompaniment to a a rainy Sunday afternoon when you're doing the crossword. That's it. Fair enough for a film. I mean, what more could you ask for in a... There you go. I think it's just a gentle film. Yes, yes. Not quite as good as Born Free, though. (laughs) No. had to be said it's about animals in africa yeah yeah there's Just... another my husband left me so i'm going to africa moment no but at it's least like... at least you've now got it off your watch list it's, it is officially off the watch list it's been seen there you go <laughs> so now you've got to find something else on the watch list to watch twice in a week <laughs> Yes, most definitely. So what is, you've mentioned your episodes that you've done so far. So what's the next episode that's coming up? Because I know you released one. We're recording today, Thursday. What's your episode for Thursday the 16th? So we are, as it is Christmas time. No, we're not doing a Christmas movie, but we are going to be ranking. I know we did last year with yourself. Yeah, I know. The Santa Claus, (laughs) funnily enough. And I think we did Home Alone at some point. I think we did Home Alone as well. Um, we are going to be ranking the four movies that we have already reviewed, but not as not under the Project Ninety Nine umbrella. So we have touched on Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me, The Blair Witch Project. Oh, now you got me thinking. There is two more that we have done, and um, Matrix. And there is one more, which I will get to in my Toy Story 2. So we're going to score them in a little episode. So we're going to do a little brief chat about it, but obviously you want to know our proper thoughts. You can go back to the episodes, but we're going to score them so they can fit in our ranking table, which at the moment has Fight Club on top and Office Space currently rock bottom, which we really didn't like. We really didn't like Office Space. No. Oh my gosh, that's one of my favourites. I absolutely love Office Space. It's a rare film in which I like Jennifer Aniston. Probably not good to watch it then, listen to that episode. I absolutely love it. One of the things that I love the most is the scene, well, all the scenes with the stapler, but the scene with the printer, because I've actually done that. I just don't, I think uh, what we said on the show, I think if we'd watched it, at the time, we'd probably have a real good fondness for it, but this is the first time we watched it, and I don't think it's aged well for new watchers. It's kind of like life for office workers, though. But then I, I suppose what's the problem is you do have the office. Yeah, you we do have <laughs> you do have the office in the office USA. You've got. Stuff that have done it better. We did just we didn't hate it. We just didn't love it at all. I suppose we did. It's borderline hate. But 
it was it came lower than the bone collector. It came lower than the bone collector, and one point lower than Wild Wild West. What? No, I'm horrified. Yes. On that note. <laughs> Griff's not, decimate... Griff's not invited anymore. <laughs> <laughs> As you've decimated one of my favourite office-based films. You see, I didn't like the show The Office at all. But that's, let's not get into that. Uh, where can everybody find you on social and, obviously, The Paul and Griff Show? Yeah, you can search us on all podcast providers. Um, Paul and Griff Show. You can find us on Twitter at Paul and Griff Show. And find us on Instagram at Paul and Griff Show. We do have a Facebook page. Don't use it very often, but feel free to um, search for Paul and Griff Show on Facebook and we'll be there. And one day I will be encouraged to put stuff on there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of the same with my Facebook. I have to be honest. Every once in a while I look and I say to myself, I'm going to fill that in. And then I just don't. I forget. And three or four weeks have passed and six episodes yeah. have gone by. And I'm thinking, oh, I remember recording that one. <laughs> Oops. I know Twitter and Instagram people... are the place to go. Yeah. Twitter and Instagram. I think a lot of people have success with Facebook, but you really need to work hard at it. Yes, yes, yes. So maybe that's the goal for 2022. So yeah. get, get yourself down to Facebook and there'll be stuff coming, maybe, yeah. hopefully. Maybe. <laughs> no problems. No problem. No, no, no promises. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't promise because people will be sitting there going, F5, F5, hang on a second, I'm refreshing and nothing's happened. Why isn't that changing? Well, it's, it's been real fun chatting with you about, well, about this and about everything Christmas because, and this is the second time we've done a Christmas episode together because obviously, as we said, we did the Santa Claus last year on the Paul and Griff show. So go and listen to that. It was a fun recording. It's in the archives. It's in the archives. Yeah, it was a fun episode, <laughs> but it's also a fun film. So it is a great Christmas film. And it's better than, better than Holiday in the Wild. <laughs> I don't think Holiday it's in different. the Wild... It's different. Yeah, I don't think Holiday in the Wild is really a Christmas film, to be fair. I think it's just a film. And I'm struggling to think of what category it really should go into. But I anyway, think it's perfectly. It's just a film. That's yeah, perfect. It's perfect. a film. So there is our episode. And as, Paul, as Griff said, you can find him and the Paul and Griff show on social media and on all of the podcatchers everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. I will post a link in the info box down below. Find them on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter at need underscore three underscore mugs, on Instagram at not before coffee podcast and on good pods at not before coffee. Uh, this has been a pre-Christmas episode of Not Before Coffee. I will be back again next week with possibly a retrospective on 2021, which has been such a great year. Yay, we're back in pre-lockdown conditions again. <laughs> no parties, no parties. That's the thing. I mean, apparently you're allowed to party. You're just not allowed to go into the office. So there's not a confusing message there at all. Until next time, this is me and Griff saying farewell. Thank you for having me. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye.